Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into the Sox on Tap post-game show. It's Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese. Tony's got the right idea with some victory beers. Tony, how you doing, my man? Hey, I'm doing great. Sox win, 3-1. Jake Berger hit a home run. My pick to click gets the job done today, Johnny. I've got a couple of beers. We're going to talk some White Sox baseball. It's the perfect night. Yeah, I feel a lot better after a win. Um, especially after that shellacking that I uh, sat through for a bit uh, up until about the sixth inning on, uh, you know, uh, Tuesday night when I was at the ballpark, I figured it was time to cut out then. So it was good to see them uh, press that, you know, uh, reset button and uh, get the job done Uh, tonight. Three, one win, uh, as you mentioned, powered by Jake Berger. And uh, it was gelato day. So it's gelato and burgers on the show, Tony. Hey, gelato, burgers. I mean, that's that's a good meal for the night. I mean, and beer, I, of course. I, I, and beer. Uh, victory beers, burgers, a lot of like these are the, this is like the the essentials, man. We're talking about the essential food groups. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, the, it just works out like that sometimes. And uh, that's, that's what we're here to talk about, man. Uh, Tony, th- this one, um, just in general, um, good for morale, especially like I'd mentioned. Uh, coming off that absolute beatdown. Um, and I know it's one game doesn't define in a 16-3 loss counts as much as a, you know, two to one loss, but it's a bit demoralizing what happened on Tuesday, especially coming off of Statement Sundays, you and I dubbed it. Yeah, I mean, I was really disappointed yesterday in the grand scheme of things, Johnny. I don't know how long you lasted at that ball game, but That's you know, it, it, yeah. Oof. It was ugly. It was ugly. Uh, I th- I feel like there was a, a bit of maybe an overreaction to last night's ball game, but it was demoralizing. It was painful to watch. It was more of the same from this White Sox group. Today was a hard fought ball game. Uh, we'll we'll get into that, but uh, it's it, it's good for morale. It's good for morale. We'll say that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I just wanted to highlight the differences in there. And then, you know, then you get a difference in tone uh, after the games. And yeah, you have some belief. You have some, okay, uh, we know we can uh, get back to this because it feels like it just escapes you so much uh, when the deficit is so much uh, like it was on Tuesday night. So, Tony, let's break into this one. Uh, Lucas Giolito fighting it a little bit tonight. He said as much in the post-game interview. Uh, so a big thing for him was rhythm uh, wasn't there. And you saw that with a lot of traffic early on in this game. Red Sox get to him for one run in the top of the first all with two outs there uh, and, and then loading up some runners uh, in, in those second, third, fourth innings as well. Um, but overall, I mean, when you go and look at this final line, Tony, sure, it might not have been the prettiest way that he got there, the way they drove down the road, but the end destination still looked okay to me. Yeah, and he's the master at doing this, Johnny. It's like you could watch him on the mound. You can see some of the visual cues. He may not have his best off. I feel like that that seems to be more often than not. I mean, 
the guy's coming back from COVID. He's, he's dealt with a little bit of uh, away time from the team so far this year, so maybe he's not fully right. It, we can go back and forth on Lucas Chilito all day. If he's doing this, you know, he's not your ace. When you when you watch him go down this road, he doesn't feel like the dominant pitcher that he could be. But overall, I mean, he keeps you in this ball game. Goes six innings. The line, it doesn't reflect what I watched almost to an extent, does it? Like, is that what you're trying to drive at? Because I, I kind of feel like it doesn't really represent some of the I times where you're sitting there going, like, it's, he's laboring a little too hard, right. it's, but he still gets the job done. It's It wasn't the smoothest path there, but the end result, you'll absolutely take it. You know, that, that's what I'm getting at. Because when I read off his final line here, uh, and you're looking at uh, six innings, five hits, one earned run, four walks, sure, you don't like to see uh, the baseline balls creep up, but – he still struck out seven, and that's without play. his best stuff. That will play indeed. Yep, absolutely, Johnny. And I, I, I was okay with the start. Uh, you needed something more uh, along the lines of uh, holding a team under, you know, two, three runs uh, versus what you saw Dylan Cease do last night. So, I mean, for all intents and purposes, job well done. Yeah, and I want to give a shout-out to Lucas Giolito because I had written an article this morning um, called When Will the White Sox Make a Statement? Part of like a subheading within that, Tony, was do the White Sox lack TWTW? And Lucas Giolito's ability to nut up, especially after allowing that run in the first inning, like I'd mentioned, all that damage coming with two outs granted in the meat of the Red Sox order. But for him to really cinch it up and hunker down, as Hawk would say, that's you know, kind of uh, example of TWTW in action. Well, I'll go with you, Johnny. I'll, I'll put a stamp of hashtag confirmed on that. All right. I, I like it. I, I'm glad. I, it was just nice to see that because uh, it didn't look a whole lot of fight uh, from anyone on Tuesday night. Granted, it was out of hand very early in that one, but still, uh, you, you would have liked to see them respond a little bit um, in that Tuesday game. Well, unfortunately, the bats overall, Still fairly cold. This is an issue that we've dealt with uh, all season to date, basically, outside of a few hand-picked select games uh, that you go through and pick out. Um, and this one came via Jake Berger. Uh, as we mentioned, all of the thunder in this game, uh, Tony, in the bottom of the fifth after Bray leads off the double, Pollock reaches on air, and then Rich Hill hung it. Jake Berger heard it. You love to see this, especially as you're picked to click. Yeah, I mean, I, I took Jake Berger as a pick to click. I felt like he was going to get the job done today. This guy just back up fresh to the major leagues. You know, he wants to fight for his spot. He, he played very well in Yohan Moncada's absence earlier on in the year. Uh, and, and again, he doesn't hit this three-run homer without a couple of guys on base. So let's go back for one second here and give credit where credit's due. Jose Abreu set the tone in that inning uh, by with the with the leadoff double. And then uh, it just puts it in Berger's hands. A couple of batters down the line here, and he's able to just absolutely fucking murder one out into the left field. Uh, I don't know if that hit the yeah, concourse. If you go to the, if you go to the, the uh, what do they call that? The uh, stat cast. It makes it look like it landed a little bit uh, shorter than what I felt like I saw with my yeah, own eyes. The, but that's your nor there. That the, ball was that ball was killed. Yeah, the, the, it was killed with a T. Uh, the ex, the exclamation point, Tony. Uh, or excuse me, the expected distance. It was an exclamation point how it landed, but uh, four hundred and forty four feet, I believe, in, in, around Went there for the third so, longest White Sox yeah. home run of the year. Let's put that in perspective, Johnny. Let's I break thought it was that second, down. but it could be. Uh, he, no, he's got. I think he's got two of the top three 
longest white tax home runs. And that the the number one spot right now is held by Eloy Jimenez, who isn't even in the lineup. Ball go far, team go far. Let's make a little pitch here to our guy, NWI. Steve, this guy should not ever go back down to Charlotte. Yeah, Tony, and I don't think he should have gone back down the first time, and I think it should have been your baby boy, Gavin Sheets, going down there. I'm sorry, I know the handedness, and they do need to get better, but guess what? You just need any sort of thunder. Uh, if you, if you, Granted, no one has you know, uh, clairvoyance. You cannot see into the future, but um, if you were to tell me you would have gotten what you got from Gavin Sheets over that stretch, I don't think anybody uh, since Berger went down the first time, I don't think anybody would have uh, you know, uh, been in favor of the personnel that decisions that were made initially. Yeah, that's fine and all, but like, I, I know this is a really weak argument, Johnny, because I can come out here and say that Gavin Sheets is hitting better than Yoan Moncada right now, and the whole world would fucking explode. Uh, but, you know, some of the stats that I saw coming out from uh, our, uh, Jay Kuda this morning, he does excellent work over there, um, throwing out some stats. Gavin Sheets has hit good teams well. Um, and he's also, you know, the left-handed bat. And I understand why they sent Berger down the yeah, positional right. versatility. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so hard right now because in certain, like in a certain sense, I do agree with you. I probably would have rather had Gavin Sheets go down, get some consistent at bat bats, start driving the ball a little bit better, try and work his way back up. Maybe be that guy who comes up for the inevitable injury to Luis Robert right now right and work his way back into the lineup and and work Jake Berger into the infield position because we have so much issues with Josh Harrison right now uh you've had issues with Yohan Moncada being in the lineup every day I want the best bats in the lineup I do at this point right now Johnny I'll admit it on air Jake Berger I think gives you a better offensive approach in that bat than Gavin Sheets in more situations than Gavin does right However, I do think the White right. Sox do lack somebody in Gavin's sort of position and they want him to grow. So it's a really it's a really interesting scenario. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the handedness obviously drives. I think that's really what drove a lot of the initial decision. But then uh, you go and see Jake Berger rock a baseball like that. Um, and you talk about him having you know two of the three longest White Sox home runs uh, of the year. And you're like, damn, well, this lineup's been missing a lot of thunder. Uh, with Yasmani Grandal not going, with Yohan Mankata out for so long to begin. Um, you know, A.J. Pollock has not been uh, slugging as much as you would probably have liked uh, to date. And you can go down the list. There, there's more. They, I could, these are just a few examples of some of the top names. Jose Abreu just finally hit a home run uh, for the first time in a while uh, on Tuesday night in garbage time. So, uh, yeah, the hindsight's twenty twenty, and no one's clairvoyant. So you couldn't have, uh, foreseen the future. Cause hey, is anybody, uh, you say they, that nobody's clairvoyant, but I've been well, with you watching sporting events before Johnny. So I just yeah, I feel know. like you're trying to cover for yourself at this point. Yeah, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's with, uh, sports that I'm not as invested in. Like, uh, you know, when we were watching the Super Bowl, I think I called like four plays in a row just you know but, it was uh, tom brady yeah. did you did you know he was gonna hit a hole in one today oh yeah you know yeah totally. you know that. they totally yeah, had that back no mind. no stranani for everybody yeah 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 so uh tony it's a little good uh jake Berger, gavin sheets discussion there but i will say you know uh no you never like to see any of your mainstays go down and obviously jake Berger is I want both because... those guys mashing i want them to be the yeah. next bash brothers that's what yeah. i want i want them smashing forearms together while they're rounding bases that's what i yeah want just don't trying. don't injure themselves because that's a very that would be yeah don't do that don't, yeah yeah, gavin, yeah gavin who, who breaks it? jake's burger's who, arm yeah do you remember bad. that in the what world series is that cody bellinger 2020 world series was it when he uh or maybe it's been the nlcs but 
Uh, he absolutely locked arms with somebody and that was like a strained shoulder. And that was not great, Bob. <laughs> so don't want that I mean, happening to our guys. To an extent, let's look back. We'll rewind the tape and then we'll get off this, this discussion. Gavin Sheets, if he's not there, Tim Anderson might be suspended for a long time with the Josh Donaldson incident. So let's thank the fact that Josh Donaldson or uh, that uh, Gavin Sheets was still here during that time, Johnny. No, okay. Yeah, you make a point. It was him and uh, Jose Brady. Tim Foyle had time on the on. The, well, it was, I mean, you saw it. It was on the teamwork. It, it, I think it was a combo of both Gavin and uh, Jose. Um, restraining Tim Anderson during that whole dust up on Saturday, but yeah, you have a point there. So, um, all right. Uh, as we move through some other notes from this game, uh, bummer came in, uh, Tony first time really seeing him in a high leverage situation since he's been back from the injured list. I know it's been a short amount of time here, uh, but still, uh, you saw some weak contact on ground out. So I like that. And then, um, I enjoyed Tony given the, uh, quick hook because I think overexposure has been an issue with him and you just don't want to see it spiral out of control when you have the game still in you know in your control at that point yeah i actually i was going to comment on this this is a note that i had from this ball game as well as i felt like aaron bummer was used appropriately today it gave him a little taste of some high leverage situation uh that he's used to and should be pitching in uh just given the pedigree of of his stuff i hear about his stuff all the time we've seen his stuff uh when it's on it's really good uh, he was used appropriately, got the hook. I thought that was excellent, excellent managerial work there from Larusa today, especially in how he handled uh, the deployment of his bullpen. Uh, you know, first taste back of Aaron Bummer. Let's hope that this is the upward trajectory. Yeah. Let's hope that he had the time off that he needed. I know that we've had our words about Aaron Bummer earlier yeah. in the season in the show. But, you know, I thought that was that was executed beautifully today. I, I want to just build on a point there because the last time we really talked about Aaron Bummer in action, I believe was from that first Cub series, right? That, that was probably about the last time we really saw him and obviously endured some struggles there. It, it was a longer running thing though. There were a couple of outings in a row uh, where he'd run into some trouble. And um, I, I don't think he should take this as a, uh, we don't believe you can get the job done. It's playing matchups there. It's, you know, limiting exposure, putting him in the best position to succeed here. But I think if he, if, as long as he internalizes that and takes it that way, because I know these guys are competitors, they want to go out there and they want to get every out. But as a bullpen, especially, you have to know your role, accept and execute, as Eddie O would say. And uh, if he does that and starts to build the confidence, that is key with me because the stuff's there. Stuff plays. We know it. It's when, the confidence is there. He's not fully locked in. You got Matt Foster with demonized, but Aaron Bummer, like a deer in headlights, right? Um, that was the example that we used from that Cubs game back, you know, at the beginning of May. Um, that's the difference there. So can he build up to that? I don't think his personality is as intense as maybe some of the other guys in this pen. But when you start to get him to the level of, no, I can get this guy out. I'm better than you. My stuff is better than your swing. I can get you out. That's where we need to get him to, and I think today was a good first baby step in that direction. So, Johnny, another thing I want to build off on that is, you know, when guys have it and when guys don't. There's going to be periods and stretches of time for relievers, starting pitchers, uh, anybody. You take this out of the game of baseball. There's ups, there's downs. That's life. That's how it works. Uh, and, you know, part of, you know, managing that is deploying people in the situations when they have that confidence. The, Aaron Bummer isn't going to work his way up and be the eighth inning guy for the rest of his career. He's going to go through his ups. He's going to go through his downs just like everybody else fucking is. So 
I think that managing him to an extent to get him on that ride to be a viable uh, late inning option in these situations is even more critical right now. Uh, when you look at something that just a little bit of foreshadowing here, there is a spot right now that could potentially be open over the next couple of weeks because you've got a guy who entered a ball game today and got injured. You need Aaron Bummer to do this uh, right now more than ever. So uh, I think that some of that is just on managing and, and trying to figure out how you ride the guys who are hot in those situations, have the confidence at that moment in time to get the job done. Um, and you're always trying to build towards that. It's not just a stable target. If everybody was 100% reliable all the time at what they were doing, then everything would be easy because you would just know who to go to in every right. single situation. Uh, so it, it's good to see Aaron Bummer get that taste yes. today because you're going to need it down the road. Yeah, well put there. Uh, so Kendall Graven bridges the gap there. Uh, he finishes that inning uh, to help out Aaron Bummer get out of the seventh. I uh, did a little bit of a uh, you know roundabout with a single and a walk, but no damage there. Uh, eventually gets around out to end that. Now let's get to the guy who you had just alluded to, and that was Joe Kelly coming in to start the eighth. Strikes out the first guy, looking good. Goes Strikes out the second guy, looking good. But they show the replay, he does a little weird kind of funky Johnny Cueto rock back and forth. I don't know what it was. Induced foul tip into the catcher's glove. That's a uh, strikeout for out number two. But trainers immediately come out, uh, and it was uh, made public by the White Sox that he exited with left hamstring soreness. Tony, um, my mind immediately goes to hamstring strain, and we're talking about 15-day IL, and then we're talking about another rehab stint, and this is fucked. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. I mean, that like that was like the first thing that popped in my mind because that's X cliche for it. I mean, dude, how many times are we going to go down this road? How many single, like, how many times? The, the, I'm, I'm trying to be positive with all of this stuff, and and how do we get this thing on the right track? I still believe in this team, but when you start to add up some of these injuries, this is what makes me, I think, a little bit more angry. Does versus, it make you sick? It makes me. It makes it make me, me sick. Fucking sick, man! It doesn't even just make me sick. It makes me fucking sick. I'm ill. Yeah. I'm I'm ill from this you you have to find a way to keep your team healthy i just i don't understand at this point how this keeps happening guy comes back from injury free agent acquisition starts to you know just get into his groove and then the baseball gods just want to come and smack you upside the head and say you can't have nice things I want nice things, Johnny. I want nope. nice things. The same way Not that allowed. you, the same way that you want a triple A AAA hitter to just come up and be ready in, in the major leagues and just rake. I just want the team to be healthy at this point in time, especially when guys like Joe Kelly just come back, start to make their name on the south side of Chicago. I mean, the guy goes on six seventy the score the other day, has an electric segment, goes and does a podcast over at Cork and Carry. He's talking about a lot of, uh, of interesting topics in baseball. He's starting to get acclimated with the South side because he wasn't part of this group early on in the season. And literally at like the pinnacle moment where he's working through a really tough situation. If your ball club just got absolutely fucking trounced the night before you got your bullpen, a squad on the mound. Here's Joe Kelly playing this time team. for him to fucking shine. And then boom, there goes the hammy. Can you not write up like yeah. a more cinematic, like depressing story? Seriously, 
because this has happened over but, and over and over again. And it's not just the fact that it's like at the end of the day, it's Joe Kelly. It's it's an addition to your bullpen. It's not somebody who's in the game every day, but he adds something to your lineup. He adds a yeah. piece of fire, and it's it's just God. It's so hard to work through, and that's why we're here. The 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 Chicago White Sox are an anthology horror series of injuries. Um, I'm just going to dub them that. That's where we're at with this team. So I will. All right, you. I think you explained the situation. Horror because, story. White Sox training staff. Yeah, pretty much. Um. I you explain that well, and I'm, I share the same sentiment with you about him getting acclimated. All of that you, you put it beautifully there. Um, the official word, like I said, left hamstring tightness reevaluated on Thursday morning. So we'll see what the designation is. Like Steve Stone said on the broadcast, really, really hope that's just cramps. But um, given the White Sox injury horror stories to date, um, I'm going to go ahead and probably just predict that it will be uh, something that requires another IL stint. So that's just lovely. Um, can't have nice things here. But Do anyway. feel that chill in the air? Yeah. That's Ryan Burr making his way back to the White Sox bullpen, Johnny, and I want to know Burr. how you feel about it. I thought he looked really good in a Charlotte Knights uniform, Tony. I think oh. he still does. So that's, it's, it's honestly a shame for the Knights. That's our guys down at nights on tap are going to be suffering. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's going to be rough stuff. Um, all right. So uh, once again, you need a guy to come in and clean up the rest of the inning. Then uh, William Hendricks does that with no problem in the eighth, but the ninth is where it gets dicey. Uh, we had gelato burgers and unfortunately a little uh, almost heart attack here uh, at the end, Tony. Uh, it's always got to be interesting. Uh, he gets a first out and a ground out and a walk and a strikeout. So we're feeling good. Another walk. And then, uh, man, that last play, can we just not do this stuff to, I understand you got the out. So yes, the end result, absolutely take it. But at the same time, you're getting close to possible injuries there. You're getting close to dropping the ball, um, between Andrew Vaughn and Josh Harrison there. It's just, it, it just makes me, it almost, you know, uh, makes me pass out because I'm like holding my breath too much, Tony. Hey, Johnny, there's two things in sports that will like absolutely give you a heart attack. One are the NHL playoffs. The second is being a White Sox fan. Um, everything is always on tens. You're always on the edge of your seat. Maybe that's why I appreciate the team as, as much as I do um, and, and stick around through ball games because I've been burned by, you know, turning it off too early, younger on in, in my lifetime. Uh, but there's just something about White Sox baseball where they just have to. They ha it's 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 almost a rule. So it will never just be clean. There always has to be something. While we're on, still a little bit of like a movie or TV theme here. They they always have shock value. I think because I, I don't think you can say it's always super entertaining and enjoyable. But there's always Correct. shock value. There's mm -hmm. always shock value. So at least you're getting that. You're a horror fanatic like me. Yeah, I mean, it might be you're down 16 to 3. It could be you got a three-run lead and your closer comes in and walks the bases loaded and here comes the uh, the the leading run to the plate. There's always something. It's not the way that, you know, I, I would advise anybody to live, but if you're an adrenaline junkie, you're a White Sox fan. Well put. Well, Liam Hendricks locks that baby down. Um, that's his 14th save of the season. White Sox win this ball game three to one. Tony, you win picks a click uh, with uh, Jake Berger. I tried a little Josh Harrison action. See if I can get a jump start there. I don't think anything can say that guy at this point. Sorry, probably a nice guy, but um, probably better off to let Jake Berger just play fucking second base from now on. <laughs>
want Josh Harrison work. I know I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I want him to work. I want him to be the clubhouse guy that Billy Hamilton was and, um, you know, just just fill in for Cesar Hernandez and, and be better than him. And it this move just – it didn't move the needle. In fact, it moved it back. And for one thing, man, like I don't want to like go too deep here, but – I feel like that was kind of their biggest step back. And it's it's incredible to me just at this point that second base has been just this big of a conundrum for them to figure out. Yeah. I, I want to just talk really quick on Josh Harrison because if he was putting up even just what even just in that range of what he was last year, it wouldn't be sexy by any means, but it would be so much job done. Right. Serviceable. And that's the word that I'm going to go to there. It's detrimental, honestly, at this point. And that's sad. He brings the energy. When I see Josh Harrison run into second base. Awesome. Um, I think that he's made some, he's made some good He's doesn't good, happen he's often some, enough. He's though. made some good defensive play. But, I mean, all right, so like, let's ask the real question. We're going to go focus in on Josh Harrison. Let's talk about Yohan Moncada for five seconds because that looks putrid. There's, there's so many guys that have underperformed on this White Sox roster on the offense. I mean, there, there's some dude that gets in my mentions every single day about how bad this offense is. He's been on here. I think his name's Mike. But – it's like every single day, this offense is bad. This offense is bad. I'm watching the same fucking thing that everybody else is. I get mad about it. I get pissed off about it. How far down the line do we need to go? We've talked so many times about the stars need to show up. Jose Abreu starting to show up. AJ Pollock has kind of turned it around. Uh, Luis Robert, unfortunately, has gone on the COVID IL. Thanks, Josh Donaldson. Like where, like where do we get to the point where Yohan Mankata does become a, a focus within this before we go start attacking the Reese McGuire's, who's also just every time he comes up to bat, I'm just hoping and praying that it's a productive out. Um, like where where do we get there with some of the guys that are a top level talent on this team? before we go start placing blame on Josh Harris, because I have like a real hard do problem. In like, one swoop. I'm pissed off at Yasmani Grandal. I'm pissed off. At that's Yohan. another name. I'm pissed off at uh, two of my favorites there. That I just mentioned they're not doing, they're not pulling their weight, um, especially offensively when it comes. I mean, to you Yaz. heard me say stuff about Gavin sheets just a little bit ago yeah. that I'm uncomfortable right. saying, but th- there, there has to be accountability. There has to be. Well, it, doesn't, it just, you could do, I think, you do it all in one swoop is the when you're really, you know, trying to dig. And I know it's it, it's easy to just go and dig in on like a certain player. And I understand that because there's only so much time and so much effort that you can put into all this. But it sucks when a guy was serviceable elsewhere in their previous destination. And look at any position Craig Kimbrell last year, Cesar Hernandez last year, Josh Harrison last year compared hey, to this man, year. Go back it's, to Adam Dunn. It's a curse, Tony. I think and, it's what, like, and that's what that, that's what I don't understand. Is, why is it when you curse. come here? Why is it when you come here, everything implodes? Yeah, I part it's it's something unexplainable, at least from an external observer's standpoint. Science I, doesn't I, explain it. No, it, well, it, the stats yeah. don't explain it. You, That's how, what's funny to me. Yeah, you, you you ever tried to explain away Craig Kimbrell last year, but you just couldn't put your finger on it. 
some people tried to use the role thing. Okay. But then there was other situations in which he absolutely could have done the job, but just didn't. And then you get Josh Harrison, not even being, you know, like I said, just a snuff around was, his, yeah. his last there was a year. Lot of, there was a lot That's of the, Josh Harrison hate, but yeah. you're right. You're right. You're a hundred percent right, dude. If he's anywhere near his career levels, and that's where, like, you kind of look at the offense right now. Thank God Jake Berger was in the lineup tonight because if he doesn't mash yeah. that home run, we might be having an entirely different yeah, that, discussion. Th- that's that's one thing that I did just want to, like, if we're, like, just overviewing this game, it's like, yes, I'm glad that we won. And, you know, you're going to have tight ball games like that where it's decided by one swing of the bat like it was tonight, and that's I'm glad that the White Sox came out on top of it. But they just need to start insuring themselves by having better plate approaches. Just when I go back and look at a situation, it wasn't an extremely tipping point in the game, but White Sox finally get their first base runner at the bottom of the third. Um, and it's with one out uh, that was Reese McGuire on a walk. Then Josh Harrison goes up and swings at the very fucking first pitch. I know he did that a couple bat uh, at bats later and he got a single out to right field and moved the line along, but Holy shit, man, if you just walked a guy that's not a good hitter, why are, we, why, why are we swinging at the first pitch? I'm sorry. It's just like that kind of shit irks me about Josh Harrison. Whereas at least, yo, like you go back to this, what's the deal? Yeah, sure. When you look at the numbers, whatever, you go and have your gripes about Yoan. He's more likely to work count. There's at least one thing that I appreciate about him over Josh Harrison. I mean, at this point, man, like you got, this is such low hanging fruit, but at some point you have to realize that you're, your best your your best lineup includes at this point Jake Berger and Yohan Mancata in it. You've got two guys that are as primarily third baseman. Both guys, you got you've got your 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 younger guy who hasn't really had much time at second base starting to just assume a role at second base to go do it. You've got another guy who had a a not so great stint at second base. But if you're trying to solve problems internally as an organization, sometimes you need to think outside the box in order to get that done. You've heard the lawyer speak from Rick Hahn. You've heard the, you know, if we're being competitive at the deadline, we're going to go out and make acquisitions. This team needs something right now to turn this around because obviously if you take a, if you took a poll of the fan base that said right now, are you happy with the white Sox play? I would guarantee you that there are more white Sox fans who are upset with what they've seen on the field thus far. You don't say the team that has world series op- like aspirations. You don't, you say. have, you have to fucking do something. Yeah. And if that means getting Jake Berger in the lineup, because he's yeah. able to hit the ball out of the fucking ballpark, you have to do it. And if that means he's playing second base, if that means he's DHing, if that means Gavin Sheets is going down, if that means Yohan Moncada has to move over to second base, I don't want to hear the fucking drama. You have to get it done because results matter. And at this point in time, you've got a guy that's that's at a, a, a fairly serviceable stint up here, hitting the ball out of the ballpark, doing things that fans have complained about the team being unable to do. Helping fix we're, your we're, issues, like, yeah. Like, 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 let's stop the whole... You know, if if Josh Harrelson or Josh Harrison's your like utility guy at this point, sorry about you. Or if he gets DFA'd, sorry about you. 
you heard Tony LaRusso say today earlier, and one thing that I wanted to get into, when you come, when Lance Lynn comes back, are you going to a six-man rotation? No, we're sticking with five. That's the attitude that I want to see with this ball club at this point in time. If you can hit the ball, you're in the lineup. If you can't, you're gone. I want them to carry that energy. I haven't seen enough of it yet this year. It's time to stop being lame and weak. It's time to start being cool and tough. Yeah, it's uh, just time to start fixing your problems with the tools that you have at your disposal. And I think I'm interested to see. I don't know what they would do in, in for starting a game or whatever, but I thought it was interesting. There's one interesting takeaway from the blowout loss was that Jake Berger did enter the game at second base. So we shall see. We shall see. But he's a tool at your disposal. Obviously helped you get the win tonight. He got the game-winning hit. That's cool and tough. Game ball. Throwing it to Jake Berger. All right, Tony, let's look a little bit ahead um, to the, this uh, next matchup series finale here. We've got Dallas Keuchel, uh, Michael Waka uh, for the Red Sox, 7.10 p.m. start on that Thursday evening. You'll be in attendance there. Uh, what are you looking for from this matchup? Fireworks, dude. I'm looking for fucking fireworks. I haven't been to the ballpark in a while. I'm going to get out there tomorrow. I just want to see fireworks. I don't care who it comes from. Give me fireworks i need them i need them like i need air to breathe it's to, i want to smell sulfur in the air sometimes that just gets me going a little bit uh you know burger did that that tonight so I, i'm gonna stay away from him I, I might go aj pollock tomorrow johnny in terms of my pick to click i think it's time for him to provide the south side with some fireworks of the like you know game winning hit type of variety so i'm gonna go aj pollock all right, um, I like that. I will go. Um, I'll go with uh, Gavin Sheets if he's in the lineup. Uh, why not? Why not? We'll run it with him. If we want to get the Bash Brothers going, J Cat is tonight, so uh, let's go. I uh, have Gavin in in there. Uh, right, this might be mind, a so. socks on tap first of all time. Yeah, yeah, this will be interesting to see. But if for some reason uh, Gavin is not in the lineup, um, I would imagine Yaz is in there in some capacity. Um, so uh, I'll go with him as my backup. Uh, if he's not, um, yeah, excuse me, that's if Gavin Sheets is not in the lineup. So, uh, Tony, it was uh, on tomorrow night's starter. Um, that's Dallas Keuchel. And you had had you wanted to get into this just a little bit here, um, before we close the showdown. Um, talk about the implications of Tony LaRusso's comments on the rotation and what it may mean for Dallas Keuchel. I mean, in all like for all intents and purposes, Johnny, I agree with what he said. You've got to go with your best five. They're not going to uh, go to a six-man rotation. You don't want to mess with uh, the rest days of everyone. If I'm Dallas Keuchel and I got that message today, I feel like this was kind of one of those underhanded comments where you say, hey, like we're going with our best five. It's time to prove it. I expect Dallas Keuchel to come out tomorrow and pitch his best game in a White Sox uniform because you have to. You know what's right on the horizon. This is the time to rise to the occasion. If you're a competitor, Johnny, I don't think there's any way around it. So I think at this point he's fighting with Johnny Cueto, and Johnny Cueto has done no wrong. There is there is oh, not no. a blemish on, on anything on Johnny Cueto's stat Han, line. Han likes Cueto too. And Han likes Cueto. So if you're Dallas Keuchel, you need to fucking prove yourself yeah. tomorrow. You you absolutely I, have to. And he's had some good starts. He's had some. He's, one of them he's, against he's, these Red Sox. Yes, one of them against these Red Sox. He, he handled the Yankees very well. So it's it's not going to be an easy decision when, when it comes down. Yes, the first. It's not going to be an easy decision when it comes down to this. 
But who who else are you taking out of the rotation? Are you throwing Kopech yeah, no, in mean, the back of the bullpen? Because he Vin, looks fucking great. Yeah, Vin, Vinny Vilo is already in the pen. So is already in the pen. So when Larusa said that, I feel like the uh, yeah the, the eyes are all square on one person, and and tomorrow is his chance to make this statement in court uh, to to debate his side to all of this. It's time to go. I, this is it. I was going to say writing was on the wall, but I think it's more a spotlight opened up and it just is shining solely on Dallas Keuchel there. So it'll be interesting to see, but Tony, um, I, I was sucked in a little bit last year with the kind of June, the, the late May to early June bump from Dallas Keuchel because he had some decent starts. If you remember some six, seven inning outings, <clears throat> against contenders at the time in the Blue Jays and the A's and some teams that were playing decent ball coming in there. So I wouldn't be shocked uh, to see him throw well against the Red Sox team that he threw well against earlier this season. Uh, but it's can it continue? And he's probably only got about, what, th- after this, two more guaranteed really turns through the rotation to do it. So all eyes on him. I think that's the best way to put it uh, when we're talking about this. And that kind of leaves us off for uh, – what to watch for uh, on Thursday night. Tony, let me get the final thought from this one, and then we'll sign off. Final thought from this one. You're looking for a response from a White Sox team that got blown out the other night. Blowouts happen. Uh, we can get mad about it, but you're only as good as the last fireworks that you provide White Sox fans with in this business. So uh, they went out tonight. They provided some fireworks. Fans went home happy. Tomorrow's a new day. You're going to have to go out there and get the job done. Dallas Keuchel, uh, you got to set the tone for yourself over this last little stretch. Uh, as Johnny just talked about, that's what's most important. Uh, again, this goes back to winning series. Uh, you're chasing the Minnesota Twins at this point in time. Win these series. You, you have a chance to do that tomorrow. Go out and get the job done. That's it. Pit, the, the pitchers, uh, the weight on their back has been immense all season to the lineup as a whole, to all of these guys that we talked about earlier in the show, all who have been struggling, which is basically everyone except for Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson. Uh, Tim Anderson all season, Jose Abreu over the past week or so. Everybody, step up, do your part. Give these guys some run support because guess what? Their backs are going to break uh, if they have to hold this thing up for too too much longer. So figure it out, win a series, and score a lot of runs. That's all I've got, Tony. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.